0: This is KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby. The following was recorded at the studios of Co-op Community Radio on March 12th, Thursday. Welcome to the Austin Chronicle Show. My name is Mike Clark Madison. I'm the news editor of the Austin Chronicle, Austin's independent source of news and culture reporting since 1981, sitting in for Kim Jones this week, and I think y'all know what the big story of the week is. I was actually on the show last week talking about the election results, and that seems like a century ago now. But since then, right after this show aired, in fact, last week, is when the word came down that uh, South by Southwest was canceled and a local disaster was declared due to the coronavirus outbreak, and things have just been rolling ever since. So we're going to talk today about the big story on everybody's mind, and I'm joined by two of my colleagues here, health reporter Margaret Nicholas. Hello. And the indefatigable staff writer and band director, Kevin Curtin.
1: Thank you very much. I'll look hey. up what that means later. So.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so it's been a week. <laughs> and uh, let me start with you, Margaret. You've been following the actual you know, latest information that we've been getting from the health authorities at the city, at the state, and the expert panel that's advising the city and uh, county as to what to do next. And right now, are they or have they been concerned, alarmed? Do they think we're prepared? Just give me a sense of what you've been hearing.
2: If you mean the people on the panel in particular or Or just just in general? In general. Well, my sense is that the city of Austin is prepared and, and feels really confident. Feels really, you know, in my earlier conversations with people, they would roll out a long list of the things that we've dealt with before, and you know, everything from measles to, you know, whatever else, uh, water mm-hmm. boiling notices and things right. like this that the health department has had to deal with. So, uh, it seems to me that they do feel confident, and I think that Dr. Escott is is very on point. Right. He's, so.
0: And that's Mark Escott, who is the—his regular job is the medical director of EMS, Emergency Medical Services, but he's also the interim health authority for the city in Travis County, which gives him the authority to make orders like he did yesterday regarding the care of vulnerable populations. Yes, the nursing
2: homes, long-term care facilities and that is is actually really critical if i may say so mm-hmm. because this outbreak really got going in washington state in a nursing home right and that's where most of the fatalities in the united states have still been right so it's just very deadly if it gets into a closed environment like that right so he took that action yesterday and that you know made a lot of sense i had been told that he had been working on that and he was trying to figure out what legal authorities they had to do that. And so he was able to figure that out and announce that yesterday.
0: Right. And Thursday, today, as we're taping this, the city council has extended the local disaster declaration for 30 days, which is what gave the mayor the authority to make rules concerning mass gatherings, including South by Southwest, which was the first of what appears to be more than one event that is going to be affected by this uh, as we are taping this now. UT has announced that shows at the Frank Irwin Center have been postponed. Is that right. correct, Kevin? That's right. Is there anything else that we know? I mean, the NC two A tournaments were just canceled as I was on my way over here. So
1: Yeah, I mean sports across the board are facing large event cancellations and tournament cancellations. And I mean it's interesting to think back to a week ago when, when South by was cancelled, I think a lot of people locally, especially people who were who were stung by the economic impact of it wondered, you know, are we being, is this a situation where people are being too careful? Well, a week later you realize that, I mean, I guess like a lot of things South by Southwest is like the, the first thing, you know, the starter pistol and a bunch of things that happen in culture. And, and so at this point, you know, South by's cancellation is not shocking at all, but the, The ripple effect of how it impacts Austin's music community, Austin's food and beverage community, film community, so many things across the board are enormous, and we can go into that.
0: Right, and we will. And South by Southwest and Austin is being new and innovative, even in this. Yeah. So now that we've set the tone for the entire state, and Margaret, you've been also paying attention to what's been going on at the state level, and... Again, as we are recording this, there have been reported cases in seven counties in the state, mostly in the Dallas and Houston areas, and I guess a couple in East Texas.
2: Yes. I think Dallas County and Collins County were were relatively the newer announcements. And
0: Montgomery County, which is the... Case in Montgomery County was the first community transmission case that the state has confirmed.
2: I don't think they've actually confirmed it yet. Okay. Although I think I've seen some like local news reporting that, but the gold standard is the Department of State Health Services. Right. They're still saying it's being investigated. Okay. So, but it probably, you know, it it very likely is
0: right. And it wouldn't be surprising if it was. wouldn't be surprising, <clears throat> right? And the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which was canceled yesterday or the day before, I don't even remember at this point, um, that decision was made because one of those cases from the Woodlands was somebody who they found out had, in fact, attended the rodeo. And so that's why they started dialing that down in Houston. But you were at the House Public Health Committee or got to watch the House Public Health Committee hearing that they convened I guess, pretty hastily, to learn about this. And the commissioner of dishes, Dr. Hellerstedt, was there, and he had some interesting things to say, right?
2: Yeah, he was very sobering, I think. The message from the city and county has been sort of more one of, it started out to be more, you know, like, let's not panic. Everything's okay. We've got this. And has kind of stayed that way, gotten a little more serious, but Mm -hmm. really... The message from the state level was, I think, a lot more, I don't want to use the word grim, but (laughs) a little bit more more along that line. So he was definitely saying this is going to be bad and Mm -hmm. we need to be prepared. There were uh, lots of other people who testified talking about struggles that they feel they're already seeing with respect to supplies and availability and and protecting workers. Mm -hmm. So... There weren't too many people who got up there and said we're all good and this is this is going to be a smooth sailing. Uh, there was one panel that talked about some innovations that they feel like they're looking into with you know research, right. but yeah, it, it was definitely. I think the quote that he gave. I'm I'm going to blank on it, but you know we need to fight back and right. We can and Texas do this. can
0: show the can show the world how it's done. Right. I think was the quote, and it was interesting because of course you know the committee, even though it's chaired by longtime Democratic Reps Sinfonio Thompson of Houston. I mean, there's Republicans on the committee, and there are Trump fans on the committee, and it's state government in Texas. But the sense that this is being overblown, or, you know, that you, you've been hearing from the White House, you didn't hear any of
2: that. No, 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 people were taking it very seriously. And if anything, it was more about a discussion of So do we have the resources? So where can we get the resources? Whose job is it to get the resources? And I guess a little bit about the testing, although the testing is a touchy subject, depending on who you're talking to. Sure, yes,
0: (laughs) indeed. So Kevin, like you said, it's not shocking at this point that we are seeing cancellations and people are thinking about what is it going to be like if we don't get to go out the house very much yeah. for the next couple of weeks.
1: Well, we're a town that loves to gather. Right.
0: And, and so there's there's kind of a balance that needs to be struck and in the community. I mean, in the folks that you're talking to, on the one hand, yes, they want people to come out, they want people to spend money, they want you know people to support the scene and the industry, but they also don't want to get sick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly difficult balance between the social distancing that health professionals are recommending and trying to prevent an extinction, uh, of entertainment related businesses, uh, in Austin. And, and we're talking about Austin, but the music industry this week is shaken nationwide and worldwide, but particularly in Austin, it's not just that we are overly reliant on South by as like, oh, every year South by is going to happen and it's going to just inundate us with all this money. It's that it's such a huge event that businesses have to invest for it. So production companies are buying new things. Venues are buying extra alcohol. and Right, yeah, and restaurants
0: are buying food. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and not small amounts of them. Right. Uh, And now... They have to sell them, yeah. you know, or... or Yeah,
0: people go into debt in order to stock up to have the supplies that they need to deal with the anticipated crowds for South By. Absolutely. And then they make the, the money that they're going to be using for the rest of the year. Yeah, we heard today... I guess from Councilmember member kitchen was saying that Baker in her district baked 25,000 cookies that were going to be used in some South by related activation or something. And now she's got 25,000 cookies. She's trying to sell.
1: Does anyone want a cookie? Yes. Same way we want a cookie. And you know, with, with music uh, and live music production, it's a little less tangible, but the fact of the matter is that it's not just that they're relying on the money for this month. It's the the money made in March helps you through the slower summer months when touring schedules aren't as busy. And and also very, very unfortunately, many landlords in the central business district charge double rent to their venue tenants in, in, March. in March, which is right. now I think we're going to see pushback on finally and rightfully so. Right. Uh, because we're already talking about rents that are in the tens of thousands of dollars. Right. So doubling that, it's it's, it's very serious. So there's a thought that Austin can rally, uh, you know, do something that, you know, people have described it as like old school Austin and we don't need corporate sponsors and stuff and we can rally and do something really special. And so balancing the hope that that'll work and that there'll be great. We'll be putting on our best entertainment for both the locals who are here and the out-of-towners, but then also understanding that there's a respiratory disease going around right and, and not wanting people to get that so
0: so we'll talk about that a little bit more when we okay. get back we're going to take a break for some announcements stay with us don't go anywhere and we're back welcome back to the austin chronicle show we're in the studios of koop co-op community radio 91.7 fm in austin live streaming through koop.org G. I am your guest host, Mike Clark Madison, news editor of the Austin Chronicle, sitting in for Kim Jones. And I'm joined by my colleagues, Margaret Nicholas and Kevin Curtin. And we are talking about love in the time of coronavirus here in Austin, Texas. So, you know, it was pretty doomy and gloomy when we left off, but we actually are looking at what. As you were saying, you know, there's people going, like, locals only, South By, like it used to
1: be. And- yeah, I mean, or, or South By without, the corporate sponsors were the first to go. You right. Know? And there's a lot of optics involved in that, and it's not really a surprise. So, okay, what is South By without, or what? Could, what is a music week like without the corporate sponsors? That's a beautiful thing. Heading into this weekend, we still have uncertainty. On today, Thursday, which we we're taping this, there is, there was uh South by San Jose, which is the 21-year running premier parking lot party of South by Southwest got canceled. We had the Irwin Center and also UT-operated Cactus Cafe. And I will bet that is not the last we see of either events not being able to get their permits or a capacity, a a limitation on, on public gatherings. So everything's happening in real time. The people who throw events and operate clubs in Austin. There are some very impressive people, I would say, who I think will be able to roll with it to different degrees. But we know we're going to have challenges, but we also know we're going to have great music. There are still – it's not just scrappy hometown bands playing this. There are still Mm -hmm. legends, genre legends coming into town. There's people – there's acts that people are really interested in seeing. So I think we're going to see – The club environment in Austin being extremely vibrant in the next week. And if you want to go out, you'll be able to see a lot of great things. And the money, you know, it's become a fundraiser for all of the people who lost income during South by Southwest. So there is the good cause aspect of that.
0: Right. It's like one giant tip jar. Yeah. And most of the venues in Austin, the numbers that the current disaster declaration and the, the guidelines that go with it, it. the capacity level is 2500 that they're using to trigger what they need to review for mitigation strategy and most of the venues in austin are smaller than that
1: sure to give a perspective on some of the venues that people would know that are around that size is Stubbs usually sells a little over 2,000 tickets for a show. Right. They're not going to ever reach 2,500. Yeah. And the Moody is in the 2,000 to 2,500 range, hmm. ACL Live in the Moody Theater. And then the venues that we have that are bigger than that are, is uh, the Frank Irwin Center, the Circuit of the Americas Racetrack, right. and when they do outside shows, obviously, sure. at the Long Center or at Auditorium Shores. We are very, very full. We have we have a great deal of small to mid sized music venues, right. and I think that is that's going to work well for this for the situation. Even if we do get a, ga- a smaller gathering capacity, mm-hmm. and it will also be interesting to see. I anticipate that we're going to see some capacity regulations that are lower than load card that are kind of self-appointed, self-policed by venues just in order to have the safest.
0: Yes, and keeping in mind the guidelines for social distancing that we're all starting to become familiar with, you know, several feet apart and elbow bumps instead of handshakes and don't hug that person and all of that. So, Margaret, you know, Yes, people in Austin are going to want to go out. You know, we had the Austin Music Awards, in fact, this week at ACL Live, and 1,500 people showed up for that. But they're also going to be concerned about what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing in order to not only prevent, keep themselves healthy, but to what they call flattening the curve, right?
2: That's right. So the big concern is that healthcare systems will be overwhelmed. And how would that happen? That would happen because you had surges of people who were ill and they don't have to, have to necessarily be ill with coronavirus, but they're ill with other things and they're ill with coronavirus or they think they are. And so suddenly you have floods of people coming into the hospitals who need to be might, maybe isolated then they can also be exposing other people who are ill with other things. Because, of course, when you're in the hospital, that's right. why you're there. Right. So they want to avoid that. So the idea is that anything that can reduce illness, really, mm-hmm. flu, anything else, is going to help sort of meter out the volume of people needing medical care. So that's what they mean when they talk about flattening the curve. And the other thing is that they're really trying to encourage people, stay home if you're sick. As opposed to going to the healthcare provider, if you, if you really don't need to, right? Because just lessen the volume in traffic right. into doctors' offices, clinics, and the hospitals. And again, that's to protect you and to protect others.
0: Right. That you know there are guidelines. People are being asked if they don't need to go to the ER, don't go to the ER.
2: It's almost as though, I'm not sure anyone has come out and said this, but it's 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 more, it's almost as though you don't really need to know if you have COVID-19 right. if you're not that sick. Right. Just stay home. Just stay and home. And don't give it to anybody else. Mm. We don't need to know. And that goes to the testing issue as well.
0: Exactly. Yes. That, you know, there's probably many more cases out there than are being recognized by the limited amount of testing that we're doing, but the- My wife is a nurse, and so she tells me that you should be doing all of this anyway, Yeah, about washing your hands and social distancing and coughing to your elbow and all that. And so this is now becoming very present for people. But that's kind of what we're hearing from the public health community as well, right? It's just, you know, be—implement hygiene and— Yes. You know, stay home if you're sick.
2: Follow those practices that, you know, people know they should and— you know maybe don't but i think you know with with more of the science also being discussed things like how long do virus particles stay viable yes. on surfaces well yeah. they can stay viable for hours and days yes so yes. when you imagine i think i heard somebody this morning talking about imagine how many people have touched that creamer at your coffee shop yes <laughs> and it hasn't been washed <laughs> in god knows how long right Okay, so you're getting all those viruses. Right. So it's just kind of making it more real for people uh, mm-hmm. why it, it matters. Yes,
0: indeed. Yes. And clean your phones. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. And today, actually, we had, interestingly, the city council, as I said, met, you know, today as we were recording this, and Councilmember Greg Kassar, who championed the policy to create paid sick leave in Austin of course, says this is the reason why and this is a good opportunity. And he did ask the state and the Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is the conservative think tank that's leading the effort to overturn that ordinance in court to drop their lawsuit. And they said, no, that it's it was the wrong move, that it was an ideological prescription and everything. But he also was talking about that we should be looking at opportunities to help take care of. And this is Kassar, I'm saying today in a statement that to help take care of our older and more vulnerable populations, and really focus on what it is we need to do that. And that was sort of what Dr. Escott was talking about yesterday, right?
2: That's right. Because again, the uh, most of the people who have died are uh, advanced in age. So um, they are really vulnerable. Apparently, I don't, I'm don't. i not a scientist, but apparently they are just particularly vulnerable to this particular virus. It can really uh, take hold in the lungs and mm-hmm. lead to death, and whatever interventions you can do can't necessarily save them. So it's almost, again, going back to the discussion about activities, if you are in your 20s, <laughs> if you're in your teens or 20s or even 30s, you don't even really have to worry about this too much. You, you know, go out. Mix, right. do what you want to do. Right. But then do not uh, maybe visit your elderly relatives and friends right. during this time. Or, or be more be much more aware of when you're in contact with older people, okay. whether you have um, taken all the hygiene precautions and maybe not getting so close. Okay. They're the ones who are going to be affected by it if, if, if they get exposed to it.
0: Okay. For both of you, thinking in terms of the impact as broadly defined as we've been talking about it today we have a sense that it's going to get worse before it's going to get better but how long do we think that we're going to be feeling the effects of coronavirus 2020
2: (laughs) (laughs) i can take a stab at that or or unless you want to go first i'd like to hear yours (laughs) I'm just going to kind of base this on what is being reported out of China. Okay. Since that's where it started. Right. So they seem to be on on just on the other end of the peak of this experience right. for themselves. And so if you figured that that's taken about two months, uh-huh. they're still having new cases. They're still having transmission, but it's slowed down. Right. So I would say something like a, in terms clinically, yeah. uh, like a, Four month period, maybe okay. what might be a reasonable way to think about it. Although it's, you know, it's going to act differently in, in different countries and, and different densities sure, and all of that. Sure,
0: in different situations, different but levels I, of outbreak.
2: I think our ability to keep paying attention to it as Americans, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh might my. be a
2: lot shorter than that.
0: That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Four <laughs> months is a long right. time yeah. for the American people.
1: I've been personally, I've been counting on it'll be. As long as the weather's nice in Austin, we won't be able to enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> once it's once it's a uh, hundred and five degrees, then we'll say, "Go socialize." Ex- yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in terms of um, just uh, folks in uh, that that you know in the music community and, and stuff, do they envision that? I mean, <sighs> you've been. I guess, talking to people who made me talk to people at South by is like, you know, do we think that this is a one time thing or are we going to be like be seeing anything that might linger for
1: the a Im- while? The impacts on that? Austin music businesses, including South by, are have a very dire potential. Mm-hmm. I talked to a senior staff member at South by who I asked if it would be back next year. And that person said, hopefully. right, And there was absolutely no certainty in their voice. And they've had layoffs and done things they don't want to do. And South By is, is not going to be the only Austin music business that has to change what they're doing because of this. And I don't expect, I expect to see potential bankruptcy. And so many of us in the music community are operating on the thinnest, the thinnest of, of margins. margins, right. Really, it really is. So um, so if you can find a way to, uh, I think for people in our community, if you can find ways to support Austin musical institutions while taking care of your own safety, I mean, that's the thing to do. And, and we hope to, as a publication, I think our music section is hoping to provide as many of those opportunities as possible when you're looking in our paper this week and next week.
0: Well, yep. The Austin Chronicle has been here for 40 years. So we have pretty well invested in this community. And I think the folks who are listening to us now here on Co op also feel the same way that, you know, we definitely are going to want to keep in mind if we all hang together and help each other and are nice to each other and don't cough in each other's faces, then, you know, we'll pull through this. But yes, things may be a little different, but Austin's weathered. Bad things before, and we should be able to do it again. So, on that happy note, thanks to my guests, Margaret Nicholas and Kevin Curtin. Thanks to our engineer, Bob Daly, and thanks to Kevin Curtin, the same Kevin Curtin, and Jonas Wilson for writing our theme music. You can pick up our issue with uh, the coronavirus as the cover star, thousands of places around Austin, and we'll be back same time, same place next week. Our theme song, kind of our theme song, at least in the news department at the uh, Austin Chronicle this week, has been uh, Lust for Life. We actually uh, use this. There's a site that you can go to online that will allow you to sync up the hand-washing guidelines of the National Institutes of Health in England, actually, with any song you want. And so this is what I picked. And so it's kind of <laughs> become the theme song of the author. <laughs> Hang in there, folks. Thanks for listening.